0: World Overcomers family, it's me again, Pastor Tony. I hope I didn't chase y'all away last week, and I hope you are back to go deeper, and I mean deeper, into this series that we are calling Can I Speak to the Manager? I don't know if you saw it last week. i encourage you to go back, but just give you a little review. Our our base scripture is taken from Ephesians 3 and 20, where it says, Now unto him who is able to do it exceedingly. And abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in you. And we established last week that you are the manager. God has a purpose. He has a will. He has a desire for your life. But it will not come into being to fruition if we don't manage what he's given us already. We also talked about that God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness, meaning that there is nothing else he needs to do. There is no magic. There is no prayer over you. There is nothing. God said, everything that I need to come out of you is already in you, but I need you to properly manage it. We talked about some examples of some people that did bad management. Eli did not uh, address his sons. He stuck his head in the sand, and as a result, death happened not only to his sons, but the Ark of the Covenant was stolen, and even Eli died himself, all because he refused to address and manage a situation. We also talked about Moses, how he was getting overwhelmed and his father-in-law, Jethro, came up with a strategy so that he can be free to do what only what was required of him to do at his level. And so we challenged you last week to take stock and take inventory. Am I doing only what I can do? Or am I being distracted because I want to be in everything? And then lastly, uh, we talked about Joseph. And that he had enormous favor on his life. And just because he found himself in adverse situations, he did not uh, neglect his need and his mandate to, to, uh, to manage the situations that he was in. And as a result, favor met proper management and lives were saved. And he rose to the second seat in power in all of Egypt. So we, I hope I made a good case last week that you need to be a good manager that God is the owner of everything, but we're simply the managers over our life, our health, our strength, our children, our families, our money, everything that God has given us. It belongs to him, meaning that the responsibility to sustain it is his, but the responsibility for us to manage it, that's ours, okay? So we're going to go a little, little further in the series. And, but first, y'all, we got, we've got to do our creed. Y'all remember the creed that we started last week? And they're going to put it on the screen now. It says that I am the manager of my life. This life was entrusted to me to give God glory and to bless all that I come in contact with. I cannot control what happens to me. Listen very clearly. I cannot control what happens to me, but I can control how I respond and How I manage what happens in my life. That's the manager's creed. I hope you've been reciting it every week. And uh, if, if not, I want you to start today reciting that. It puts accountability on you to manage, but it puts the ownership on God. And God's never going to let his name look bad. Anything that's associated with him will not fail. But we have to trust in that process, okay? So today we're going to talk about the mind. Somebody type the mind. We're going to talk, talk about the mind, and I'm going to go to a very familiar passage of Scripture as our basis for talking today, and it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's nothing special. And be not conformed to this world, But be ye transformed, not by by somebody laying hands on you, not by going through any spiritual calisthenics, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the purpose of that? So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to draw your attention to verse number two. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed from this world by nothing else but the renewal of your mind. First point is truly effective people don't conform, they transform. <laughs> I can start right here and I preached already. Truly effective people, good managers, they don't conform, they transform. And this is one of the greatest leaders. In the Bible, this is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Romans, the Roman church, and he's telling them, yeah, the way to be effective for God is not to conform to everything around you, but to transform. And God has called you to be a transformer. This is where I'm going to parenthetic, parenthetically just insert something here. God has called you to be a transformer <laughs> on your job, in your family, in your neighborhood." In every civic group that you may be a part of, God didn't call you to conform, He called you to transform. And the only way you're going to do it, beloved, is that you do it by the renewal of your mind. Renewal means to reform or to renovate. But let me tell you something I've done some renovations before. Renovations are messy. (laughs) Somebody type messy. Renovations are messy. You got to knock down drywall and there's dust everywhere because before you get to build, you can go through what they call a demo stage demolition. You got to tear things out and you got to rip carpet out and you see all the stains in the padding of the carpet and all that dust is up in the air. And sometimes they got to do remediation and they got to get rid of lead and lead in the paint and you got to do all this kind of stuff. But renovation is messy, yet and still, renovation is necessary. Somebody say necessary. It is necessary for us to renew our minds. Why? Because we're changed. When we come to, when we come to God and we, we accept Jesus, we are new creatures. But because we are in the world, not of the world, we rub shoulders with this, with this world system. And, and people are trying to, to, to oppress us and, and trying to get us to change the confession of our faith and all those things. And every now and then, that new mind that you started out when you were a babe in Christ... If you don't stay before God in the word and in prayer and all those things, you'll find your mind getting stale. And Paul is telling the Roman church, the only way you're going to transform this world, you got to understand, they were, they were a new religion at that time. He said, the only way we're going to transform this world, we have got to be renewed from our, our minds. Meaning that we have to let some old paradigms of thinking go. We've got to let some things go so that we can transform. And I'm telling you, the mandate on God's people is to transform this world. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we're going to talk about the mind today. The title of my message is, My Mind in the Middle. Somebody type that. My Mind in the Middle. Paul is telling him, "I need you to transform." But transformation is a process, and you can't transform. You can't transform your life from your body, from your hands. So you could, you could do a little bit of that, okay? You can transform with your body. You can transform with your will a little bit. But if you don't start with the mind, eventually your emotions are going to fade. Your will is going to give out. You're going to get frustrated. And so, in between where I am now. And where God is calling me to, there's a space in the middle. And the way that we are going to execute effective management in our lives, with our families, with our money, with our career, yeah, you've got talent with your hands. You can walk in the room and and your brilliance comes out. But I know a lot of brilliant people that ended up being failures because they did not conquer it in the mind. And so we're going to talk about for the next couple of minutes, my mind in the middle, in the middle of that transformation. It is impossible to manage your life without first managing your mind. I'll say that again. It it is impossible to manage, to effectively manage your life without first managing your mind. Because your mind is the CPU. It is the computer. Everything is processed. Uh, My my hands are moving right now because my brain is sending uh, electronic pulses to it, and it's traveling along my spine. But also my thoughts and the words that I'm saying right now. You know, I've went over my notes and I've memorized these things in my mind. Your mind is the central processing unit of everything that you physically do and what you process mentally and emotionally. And so Paul is saying, if you're going to be effective, I need you to do some mind management. Somebody type mind management. First Kings 18 and 20, Elijah was coming up against the prophets of Baal. And the people were in awe of their false miracles that they were doing. And let me tell you, the enemy has a, has limited power. He's not as powerful as our God. But he has some limited power. So they were able to do some things to people like in awe of what they were doing. And Elijah said, yeah, I'm going to challenge y'all. But I got to challenge these people first. I'm going to challenge you prophets. I'm going to prove y'all are false. But I'm going to challenge these people first. And so this is what he said to him. And so Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. And 21 says, then Elijah stood in front of them and said, how much longer will you waver hobbling (laughs) between two opinions? In other words, you got to make up your mind. Are you going to serve the God of our salvation who has led us through the wilderness, who has opened Red Seas, who has performed miracles for us? Or are are you so impressionable that some little false miracles over here by these guys are going to cause you to waver in your faith? In other words, he said you got to make a decision. He's like, you know, I know you're physically right here over here, but you need to make up in your mind. Whose side you on? And James 1 and 8 says, <laughs> look at this, y'all. It says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, meaning that we can't build anything off you. There is no stability on you. You have to make your election sure. You have to choose ye this day who you're going to serve and, and, and bring in modern-day vernacular. You're going to mildew a barbecue. you got to make a decision, but you got to make a choice, and we make a choice with our minds. And so, and so it, it, it is imperative that everything that we do, as it pertains to be a manager, that it starts with the mind. We conceive these thoughts and these strategies in our minds. And when things get tough, the first place you're going to feel pressure. It's not in your hands. It's not in your, not in your gut. Ooh, I feel butterflies. No, those butterflies are a manifestation of your thought life. As a man thinketh so is he. So God needs you. In order to be effective manager, you have to be able to make decisions. And those that are paid the most in society, is not because they do so much, it's because they have have poured into their minds and they have enough knowledge that in moments of crisis, they're cool, they're calm, they're collected, and they can make a prudent and right decision. Somebody type this side. And so I'm going to talk about three things that I'm going to get out of your way tonight that we need to do to be effective mind managers, okay? We're not talking about managing your money. We're not talking about managing your weight loss. We're not talking about managing relationships in your career because all of them will crumble to the ground if you don't manage your mind. So I want you to turn with me to Joshua 1 and 8. And God, God was giving uh, Joshua a lot of uh, do's and don'ts do this and says, hey, Moses, my servant is dead. And, uh, you know, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And then he gives him this instruction. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate. Watch this clearly. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou that thou mayest observe to do according what is written therein. For then, look at this, y'all. if we meditate on the word day and night and we keep the word hidden in our hearts, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have. Look at this, y'all. Good success. Somebody type good success. Good success. The fact that God would tell Joshua, I want to give you good success, that means that there is a success that is not good. (laughs) Because what he's saying is, hey, you need to meditate on my word. He said, don't let it depart out of your mouth. I need you to meditate on it it day and night and obey everything in it. And when you do that, I'm going to make your way prosperous. I'm gonna cause you to triumph. I'm gonna cause you to win every time. When you meditate on the word day and night, the word is God's love letter to his people. That we find out what God thinks of us and how God loves us and what God created us to be and what God created us not to be. The things that we should do, the things that we should not do, the things that we should uh, uh, collect to ourselves, the things that we should shun away from. And God said, if you meditate on my word day and night, then you obligate me to make your way prosperous. Okay, so the first step in effective mind management is not learning every dot and tittle of the respective job or the assignment that you have It's to go to God first. Find out what God says about the matter. And then God said, then go go crack that book open, then go and study and find a mentor, then go and try to be excellent in what I called you to do. And then once you do that first. When you acknowledge me first, when you seek my kingdom first and let all these other things be added, then God says you release me to make your way prosperous. And then I'm going to give you good success, meaning that there are some some successful people out here that are not having good success, y'all. A drug dealer is technically successful. Touche. I, I, I'll give you that. A drug dealer, a kingpin is successful. But guess what? Every time he leaves out, he's got to look around. Every time he hears a car backfire, he got to wonder somebody shooting at him. He can't, he, he can't rest. There is no peace because of your ill-gotten gains, y'all. There is bad success and there is good success. And God is saying, if you meditate on my word, if you eat my word, if you let that, if you feed your psyche and feed your spirit what the word of God says about you and your plight, then God said, I'm going to make your way prosperous. And I'm going to give you good success. I don't know about you, but I want good success. I don't want mediocre success. I don't want bad success. I don't want the kind of success where i got to be looking over my shoulder and wondering who's going to jump out behind a bush. I want the good success that God has promised in his word. And the way to do it is to meditate on his word day and night. So we want to feed yourself the truth of the word. Number two is, you need to free your mind. Somebody type free. Free your mind. Invo, you say, free your mind, and the rest will follow. Now, that, that ain't a gospel song, but that'll preach. Free your mind. Now, am I talking about be out here and being weird and spacey and, and running out the butterflies? No, I am not. But here is what the word says about freeing your mind. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And here's your part. This is what, that's, that's what the Spirit will do. But here's your part. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Look at this. And bringing into sub, subjection or captivity... Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Oh, my God. Y'all, you can't just read the word. You got to read the word. And what he's saying, he said, he said, the weapons our warfare are not carnal. People love to get, love to quote that, okay? They love to quote that and get it cited out. The weapons our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds. And we think we're just going to scream at everything and yell at the devil. And the devil don't care about you screaming or how emotional, how sweaty you get trying to pull down strongholds. But the real way you're going to pull down a stronghold is through your mind. It says we have to cast down imagination. Those thoughts, or oh, why are they looking at me like that? or oh, they, they, they got it in for me. And that, you know, the, the, the way that people can think and process things, the word of God says you have to cast down imaginations and every high thing, look at this, y'all, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And you may ask yourself, Pastor Tony, what is the knowledge of God? His word. That was step number one. You have to feed your mind and meditate on the word so that you know God's knowledge. And so when a thought comes that is contrary to God's knowledge, you know then to cast it down. Y'all, it's so simple, sometimes we can miss it. If you don't know the word, you don't know what's against God's word. And so it is, it is imperative that, that before we get into doing all this casting down and challenging things, we have to know, God, what is your word? What do you say about the matter? And if I am intimately aware about your word for my life, so when the enemy sends a thought that is contrary to your word, I automatically know I don't receive that thought but it is, because it is contrary to what God said about it. Let God be the truth and let every other man be a lie. So you need to free your mind. Free your mind of those negative thoughts. Free your mind of what your cousin said about you when you were growing up. Free your mind about what your ex-wife or your ex-husband said about you. Free your mind, of what, free your mind from what they say women can only do and men can only do and, and, and your ethnicity can only do. Free your mind. What God says about the matter supersedes anybody else on this planet. Free your mind. Many of us can't go on and be effective managers in our life because our, our, the storage of our minds is so full. Have you ever had a computer? They got these new uh, uh, flash drives now that don't have uh, turning parts. But the old computers that had a fan and all that stuff, You know, whenever the computer, whenever the hard drive would get full, it'd start growling, start making noise. Y'all remember that? (laughs) I may be dating myself, but, but, you know, whenever the the storage would get full, it would slow down and start making noise. And it slowed down and became ineffective. And if we liken our minds to a central processing unit, some of us are thinking about so many things. We're trying to be the solution to everybody's situation. We are like a sponge and we are absorbing to the point where we can't sleep at night. That's the reason that that, uh, people taking sleep aids and and, and nervous pills and all those things uh, uh, to to, to calm us down is at an all-time high. It's not because there's something different about this age other than the fact that the hearts of men are beginning to fail. Not because their hearts are so weak. Because their minds are so busy. Like I said last week, if the devil can't stop you, he'll just make you busy. He just wants to render you ineffective. And the first place he's going to come to, y'all, is your mind. But the word of God tells us that we got to do some mind maintenance. If it is in contrast to what God says, go up in there and do some spring cleaning. And I invite you this week to, to recollect Go back. I don't recommend people looking back a whole lot, but look back and grab something and say, that's not profitable for my future. Uh, according to what God says my, uh, the destiny is for my life, this doesn't, this doesn't fit. So it's got to go. It's got to go. It's got to go. Forgive some people. Whatever you got to do, get it out of your mind because, y'all, if we, don't, if we try to manage things with cluttered minds, we're not going to achieve what God has called us to do. Somebody say, my mind in the middle. It's my mind. Is in the middle. Philippians 4 and 8 says this. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and any praise, I need you to think on these things. Paul was so wise. He was writing to the Philippian church, and he said, Look, there's a lot of things going on that you could consider. But what Paul is saying is, you gotta understand, this is a this is an infant church. That there's a lot of buzz going on about this new religion. He said, Look, a lot of people are gonna to come to you and say, hey man, hey, doc, you know how people say, you know, I want to partner with you, we need to do this and we need to do that. Hey, what you guys come over here and talk to me. He said, No uh uh He said, What's everything's lovely? What's everything's are pure? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are good? Report if there be any virtue in these things. I need you to have the mental discipline, okay? Managing our minds now. I need you to have the mental discipline to focus on these things. Meaning that you can't be everywhere thinking about the good and the bad and the up and the down and what they're going to say and how I, how I'm going to do this and how I'm going to get it done by Friday. No, he said, look, I need you to focus. He said, I need you to focus on these things. If they're good, if they're lovely, if they're true and they have good report, I need you to focus your mind on these things. And many of us, we lack focus. And I'm not trying to say, not trying to make a a light of the plight of people ADHD. There are people that need help and focus, but we're talking about spiritually. I need you to have the mental discipline to discard things that are not profitable to where God is calling you. Paul said, if, 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 if what other things are lovely, pure, good, and of good report, I need you to think on these things. Consequently, on the flip side, if it is bad, if it is of a bad report, if there's no integrity, if there's, if there's no virtue in it, I don't need you to pay it any mind. I know I'm talking country today. But, but, but like grandma said, I, child, I don't play it at no mind, meaning I'm only focusing on what's in front of me and what God has called me to do. There's a reason. That at the Kentucky Derby, they put blinders on those thoroughbred horses that they paid millions and millions of dollars for. Because they know that they will get distracted by the mud kicking up in the other horses beside them. And so he, they put blinders on them so they can only see what's in front of them because the jockey only wants him to go forward. Woo! And that's what God wants you to do, my brother and my sister. God wants you to go forward. There is no profitability in going back to the right to the left going northeast north, east, north southwest whatever it is God says I need you to have blinder like focus on what God has called you to do and anything that is a distraction to that God says you have the authority and the permission to cast it down I want somebody to type in the chat I'm going to manage my mind I'm going to manage my, mind. I'm going to think on those things that are lovely, pure of good report. Cause have you, ever, have you ever thought about whenever I think on good things, I feel good. And the more I think on bad things, the more I manifest the bad in my life. And Paul is saying, hey, if you're going to be an effective manager, if you're going to do what God has called you to do, if you're going to do exploits, if you're going to build God's kingdom and tear the enemy's kingdom down, I need you to think on what is positive. And I know That it's hard to do, y'all. It can be hard to do. There are some people that have a harder struggle with it. But but nevertheless, the requirement is still the same. You need to think on these things. And when you think on these things, they will allow you to be the effective manager that God has called you to be. So there are just four things I'm going to leave with you. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. The first thing is how to manage your mind. First thing is, you need to know what God says about it. Again, going back to meditating on that word. Say, so, God, I know what I think. I know what my homegirl and my homeboy think about it. And, and it's good to have people that, that know us and can give us counsel because there's safety in the counsel, many. I get all of that. But there is nothing like hearing from God. There is nothing like the, the, the assurance that God gives you when you know you have heard him and he has given you finite direction. So what does God say about it? It's okay to seek counsel. But when Jesus died, the veil was rent from top to bottom, meaning that we no longer have to go through a priest to get to God. Now, I'm not saying don't come to church because how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless you be sent? I understand all that. But what I am saying is, when we are at the forks in the road of life, why would we not seek the one who knows all? That's an inside advantage, y'all. We got an advantage that the people of this world do not have. Because we, our Father is the one who knows all, sees all, and cannot fail. Number two, once you know what he says, I need you to rehearse that thing. Meditate. Meditate. Meditate means to just rehearse over and over again. What is God's word saying? I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. If you may be going through a health challenge in your body it said by his stripes, I'm healed. He was bruised for my iniquity. (laughs) A chastisement, of peace upon him. With his stripes, I am healed. I don't care what it is. If your children are acting crazy, my children were given to me for signs, wonders, and miracles. You have to rehearse that thing. It's not only, see, once you you meditate on it, it gets in your heart. And guess what, y'all? According to Scripture, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when you speak, you shall have whatsoever you say. But it starts in the mind. Number three. <laughs> this is good. I could preach about this all by itself. Know your triggers and guard against them. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Know your triggers and guard against them. You know. The things that will set you back mentally and emotionally. Whoo! I'm about to go. I'm about to come down your driveway. You know the people that will trigger you mentally and emotionally. Newsflash: I'm going to free somebody. You don't have the obligation to tolerate abuse, bullying, and manipulation from people that are going to mix up your mind. You're free. God is not going to come and evict them out of your life. God said, you have to manage that. You have to reject the seeds of things that are damnable and not profitable to your life. You are the manager. Can I speak to the manager? Because the buck stops with you. I hate to lay this weight on you, but the plight that you take If it goes wrong, it ain't all the devil, and everything goes right, it ain't all God. God says that according to the power that works in you, according to Ephesians 3 and 20. And so you have to manage. And so you have the responsibility to know your triggers, and everybody knows your triggers. Everybody knows your triggers. And once you know your trigger, you have to guard against it. I tell people like this when I'm counseling them. If you had surgery to your knee, you would put a brace on it when you went to go play basketball. Why? Because you know that is an area of weakness. Oh, God, you're talking. There is an area of weakness, and so you have to guard it. And so when people get to it, you may do this, or you put a brace on it, or you do, or you put a cast on it until it properly heals. Whatever it may be, you may put an immobilizer on your leg until it has proper time to heal. But probably for the rest of your life, you're probably going to give it a little extra support because that is an area of weakness. And And we have to be honest with ourselves people of God, that there are some things that are weaknesses of ours that will trigger us. And so it is incumbent upon us not to put ourselves in situations to which we would get triggered. It is incumbent upon us to, put, to, to surround ourselves with people who are, are going to cover and remind us to help protect us and not trigger us. What are you talking about triggering, Pastor Tony? I'm talking about triggering to think negative, to speak negative, to nullify your confession of your faith and to not believe in the word of God. So people ain't talking faith. That's what you can't tell everybody your dreams. You can't tell everybody your vision because everybody can't handle it. And their faith is not your measure of faith. And so you have to be careful. You have to protect not only your your mind and your emotions, but you have to protect what God has given you because everybody is not going to care for it like you're going to care for it. And lastly, I want to share with you You have to unapologetically discard negative thoughts quickly. I'll say that again. You have to be unapologetic in your eviction of negative thoughts and negative words. And the Lord says to do it quickly because if you you nurse it, it's going to take root. And if it takes root, it's going to start zapping energy from you. And if it zaps energy from you, it's going to make you ineffective. Can I speak to the manager? I want to speak to the one who's in charge of all of this. Can I let you know? You're the manager. You're the person that God put in control of the way that you take. God told Jeremiah, I've got plans for you. But it's up to you to choose the plans. And so I want to challenge you today. Stop being unstable and double-minded. Make a decision. When we make a decision, if I'm choosing this, I'm not choosing that. And in today's society, people want it both ways. The old to call it you straddling the fence. And you're going to split something after a while. Make your calling and your election sure. If God told you to go right, go right. If God told you to go left, go left. Go left. But for God's sake, make a decision. And be okay with the decision knowing that God has got your back. Because I I, I promise you today, God has your back. And he wants you to be the most successful manager of your life and your family and your emotions and your money and your resources and your, your, your stock portfolio. God wants you to be the most phenomenal example of his love in the earth. I've got three children of my own, me and my wife. And when they do good and they get National Honor Society and A.B. Honor Roll or whatever, man, I'm proud as can be. Because guess what? The child's achievement is is a reflection of the parent. And God said, look, I want glory out of your life. And I don't get glory out of you failing and out of you floundering and out of you making a mess, going from crisis to crisis. I want you to succeed, but I need you to follow my plan because my way is higher than your way. My thought is higher than your thought. But it starts with your mind. It's your mind that's in the middle, beloved. It's your mind that's in the middle. So I want you to do like Paul said. Don't conform. I need you to transform by the renewal and the renovation of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and acceptable will of God. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord, for the mind. We thank you, Lord, for the soundness of our minds. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us our thoughts, Lord, and the things that we process. Lord, you even said in your word that it is through the mind that we serve you. And so, God, we thank you today, Lord, that we have talked about and been challenged a little bit on mind management that we are just not some leaf blowing in the wind, that we have more control over what we think than we we have given ourselves credit for, God. So we thank you, Lord, for giving us the courage to challenge those things that are against your will. Thank you, Lord, first of all, God, for giving us a deeper hunger for your word, God. For when we meditate on your word, we know your plan for us. And when, when thoughts come that are contrary to your plans for us, God, then we have to have the courage, God, to cast those things down, Lord. So I thank you, Lord, for those that are hearing my voice now. Lord, that you are giving them the courage and the insight and the foresight to see those things that are unprofitable and to cast and evict those things out of their mind. God, we thank you, Lord, that as a result of us being effective mind managers, God, you're going to show us new strategies. You're going to show us, give us witty ideas and inventions, God. You're going to show us the plans that you, you're going to give us the secrets in the boardroom and in the marketplace, God, When we empty these hard drives of our minds, God, we make room for you to give us the secrets and to give us the advantage, God, because if God be for us, who can be against us? God, we love you. We bless you and we trust you, not only with our substance, not only with our our physical uh, attributes, God, but we trust you with our minds. It's our minds in the middle, God. And Lord, fortify our minds so that we can accomplish and do what you have called us to do. God, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. We pray that you have been blessed by this word and you're being blessed by this series. Now, I want you to do me one more favor, man. I want you to share this with somebody. I want you to like, I want you to share. I want you to tag somebody. Say, man, you need to hear this series on being a manager. And I want you to join us back here next week and join us on Sunday if you're in the Raleigh-Durham area as we go deeper in what God has called us to do. And would you, would you uh, dig in your pocket a little bit, uh, a little bit more if this word has blessed you? and so into the good work and uh, and the word of this ministry. If you believe in the vision of Pastor Andy Thompson and the things that God has done here, the world overcomes, we want you to partner with us, okay? God bless you. We love you. And remember, you are the manager. And can I speak to the manager? God bless you. Have a blessed week. Peace.